Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from new stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Azafetti and me, Tirza Price. We are recording this on July 28th. Hello, Erica. Hey, Tirza. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. I haven't completely melted, but the summer is young. (laughs) That is important. <laughs> oh my god! Not completely melted. Just a little melted. But yeah. Just a little melty. Just a little. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. We're hanging in there. It yeah. is actually cooler later lately than it has been, which nice. I am all for because, yes. yeah, the heat is real. Mm-hmm. We actually got some rain. So I think for like the first time in a month, I'm going to have to mow my lawn because it oh, wow. was so hot, like so dry that oh, yeah. I didn't even have it's to so mow my dry. yard. <laughs> That's, so. That is, I've never even heard of that. Oh, fun news. I don't know. We haven't spoken about music much, but I feel like why it is. Go for it. I'm going to a, a Beyonce album release Ooh. party. We'll get together on Friday. It's called Renaissance. I don't know if you've heard our new song, but I've been playing it on repeat. I have heard it, but mm. yes, that sounds really exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a good alcoholic time. This is a YA <laughs> podcast, but Beyonce is relevant to all ages, obviously. <laughs> oh, of course. So it should be fun. So I that's a, Beyonce. you know, yes. fun. I don't know if you're doing anything interesting or fun or different this weekend, too. I'm mowing my lawn as Fun. we finish this time. <laughs> no, I um, love it. Oh my god! I usually haven't been doing. I haven't been doing anything since the pandemic started, and I'm an introvert. But I, even my introverted self was like, "No, come on now, I got. I need you know. something." So I yeah. just started. I just started going back outside, basically. That's great. Well, the one thing that I did actually this past weekend was. This is like the first time in a long time that I went into a movie theater. Oh, yeah. Now, my small town has a movie theater. And so, like, my partner and I will go on, like, really random times, like, Mm -hmm. Tuesday nights at, like, 4 p.m. Or, like, Saturday afternoons at, like, 1 p.m. And, like, I live in a small town that's very churchy. So, like, people are still in church in that time. So, I've seen a few movies in theaters since the pandemic because our town theater is actually a good size. And we go when it's not busy. So, like, there's only, like, maybe five other people in the theater. And I feel relatively safe doing that because we can all spread out. That's smart. But the yeah, this last weekend, um, I went and visited some friends in Omaha, and we went to the Alamo Draft House. Have you ever been to an Alamo Draft House? I've never even heard of one, Tirza. 
What is that? Oh my gosh. Okay, so it's a movie theater, <laughs> okay. and like my um, my understanding is that it started in Texas in right. Austin, that makes I sense. believe. Mm-hmm. And it is a movie theater where you go and like each seat has its own table. You can order food during the movie and they oh, bring it right to you. Nice. And it's just like a very elevated movie going experience. I love it. And so, yeah, we saw Nope and yes. they had like a special menu for Nope. And <gasps> I, yeah, I ate churro popcorn, which was amazing. Oh. And like they, they served drinks. So it was a good time and after that i was like i always just want to go to the alamo draft house for movie going experiences like i don't think i can go back to an amc after this no all i know is the <laughs> plebeian amc no shade i know there my friend um in chicago she worked at an amc that served food at the table i don't know if it was as nice of an experience as what you're describing but that does sound magical i also saw nope I did um, this 40X experience. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's like, Mm-mm. I had never heard of it either. It was suggested and I was like, yeah, I'm down. Basically, <laughs> it's like, it's like these special chairs, like they Ooh. give you different, like, um, I guess they try to titillate the five senses, like the chairs kind of move around, like with the movie, they kind of feel like roller coaster chairs, like they have like a full range of motion, they go back. That sounds rather intense, especially for a movie like Nope, which no spoilers, but... You already know. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, um, they they were shooting little puffs of air into our ears. Yes. Just imagine. And like the lights would flash and stuff like that. It was, it was uh, fun. I'm a weenie, as I've mentioned before, but it was fun for me even. And I'm still thinking about that movie. Just like. Yeah. Oh, Oh, same. Yeah. I need to see it again because yes. it has so many like connections and and like I'm also a weenie, but it was not too scary for me. Yeah. Um. So it was. It's more like it's very suspenseful with like mm-hmm. a few like disturbing moments, but like the yes. disturbing moments, like it's well, I think what Jordan Peele really understands the power of is like when to show things and yes. when not to show things, yes. and like sometimes the not showing is even more like effective than like showing (laughs) so um yeah i thought the movie was fantastic it was great honestly it wasn't what i was wasn't what i expected at all and i liked it when i first saw it i was like oh i like that kiki kiki did the thing you know kiki palmer was great Uh, and then after i was like no wait i really like that and what does all this mean i was googling things but oh yeah um, yeah, it, yeah. I need to see it again. <laughs> I, yeah, my, my reaction after that movie was over was like, I really liked it, but like, whoa. And I yeah. just need to like sit with my thoughts. And yeah. I we went to go see it with some friends. And like one of our friends is like getting a PhD in like lit and film studies. Mm. And he was like going all off like analyzing it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah what you said. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, there's, so there's so many layers. There's so many layers. Okay, so good. Go see Nope. It's fun. It's a fun, good time. Before we get into our news piece, we are going to hear from our sponsors real quick. Today's episode is brought to you by Underlined. 
haven't read a Natasha Preston thriller yet, we dare you to try. She's known for her line of chilling young adult suspense novels like The Cellar and The Fear. The New York Times and USA Today bestselling author excels at putting fear into the hearts of her readers. So her newest book titled The Dare is about five friends whose senior prank goes very, very wrong. This is the perfect graduation season read for thriller fans who can handle a good scare. The Dare is now available wherever books are sold. You can learn more about it at getunderlined.com. So again, this young adult thriller is about five friends with a prank that goes wrong. There are dark secrets, a twisty plot, and creepy I know what you did last summer vibes. So if you, you know, it's graduation season, you want to revel in that, but like make it scary. You know what I mean? Pick up The Dare by Natasha Preston. And thanks again to Underline for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Harper Muse, publisher of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters is an intimate portrait of two generations, a granddaughter and a grandmother, coming to terms with what it means to be family, Black women, and alive in a world on fire. In heartfelt lyrical prose, Mary Inez Hegler weaves an unforgettable story of the climate crisis, Black resistance, and the enduring power of family. Narrated by Janice Abbott-Pratt and written by climate justice writer Mary Anise Hegler, the Troubled Waters audiobook is available everywhere May 7th. It follows Corinne as she plans to stage a dramatic act of resistance and peels back the scabs of her family wounds and puts her safety in jeopardy. Both grandmother and granddaughter must bring their unspoken secrets into the light to find a path to healing. Known for her essays that dissect and interrogate the climate crisis, drawing heavily on her personal experience as a black woman with deep roots in the South, Mary Anais Hegler brings us her first work of fiction titled Troubled Waters. Make sure to pick it up. Thanks again to Harper Muse, publisher of Troubled Waters, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so speaking of Beyonce, I don't know if you heard about this little little spot of tea, Tirza, mm, but give it to me. <laughs> a couple years ago, someone may or may not have nibbled on Beyonce's shoulder. What? And that someone may or may not have been Sonali then. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about that. Did you hear about no, that? No, I did not hear about this. Yeah, and Beyonce was very tight-lipped, unlike her biter. She was very <laughs> tight. That was this terrible joke. I'm sorry. She was very, like, not... She wasn't, like, trying to be shady or anything. Who was it? It was Tiffany Haddish who spilled the beans. She's like, somebody bit Beyonce, and then everyone was trying to figure out who bit Beyonce. People were writing think pieces on who bit Beyonce. Oh it was theorized gosh. that it was Sanaa Lathan, and very well might not have been... But I feel like I mentioned Beyonce earlier. And then so we're just bringing talking. it all around. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, my God, we're talking about Sanaa. No shade to Sanaa Lathan. She's great. I might have also nibbled on Beyonce if I had the chance. I mean, it's Beyonce. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know, you lose your mind in the midst of greatness. So Sanaa yes. Lathan is directing a film adaptation of On the Come Up, which was written by Angie Thomas. Uh, who also wrote The Hate You Give. And so yeah. that will be coming out on Paramount Plus on Friday, September 23rd. Which is so soon when you think about it. It really it's like is. a month and a half. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, Tirza, don't say that maybe you have a panic attack. But you're right. <laughs> I'm like, wait, but you're correct though. Um, yeah. Oh God, September, it's fall. What I, I've, I'm like... 
we've had a whole episode on adaptations. And I was like, did we miss this? I don't. And we always talk about adaptations. I was like, I have, why am I just I not hearing about this? This one did seem to sneak up on us. Like, mm. I feel like I knew that it was in production and that it was in progress. Because mm-hmm. I do remember, I remember when Angie shared on social media that it, like mm-hmm. the project was starting. But I yeah. feel like there's not been as much coverage about it as like production has happened. So yeah, and like I there's I think sometimes things maybe get lost in the shuffle because there's still a lot of confusion about like yeah. are things being released straight to theaters? Are we going straight to streaming? And I think like I was reading a news article with um Sandra Bullock, who produced the um, Lost City, which is like one of my favorite movie releases of this year. And she told, uh, yeah, she was telling this reporter that like they didn't even know until like three weeks before the movie came out whether or not it would be a theater release or a straight to streaming release. So I think, yeah. yeah. So I think there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes in terms of like distribution. And maybe that has an effect on like all of a sudden we're like, wait, where this movie's coming out? Like, how did I not know this? Um, Because I bet they didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That's a good point. Like, if Sandra Bullock didn't know that the movie... And I gotta add... I'm adding that. Is that the one with uh, Channing Tatum? Yes, and it's so good, Erica. (gasps) It's so good. Oh, my God. I haven't... I love adventure, like, the little silly, fun adventure type stuff. Okay, I gotta... I'm watching that tonight. All right, all right, all right, all right. Stay focused. I saw it it three (laughs) times in my local theater. (gasps) <gasps> yes. Oh my and God. like I'm I'm taking COVID precautions. Like I, I yeah. sought out three times in which my theater would not be full so I could go see that movie. I love I've seen it like five times. I love it so much. Oh my so, God. I'm anyhow. gonna well, I'm gonna watch it tonight if it's streaming. Yes. Anyway. Yes. I like I saw it, I forgot about it. I was like, okay. But yes. <laughs> we are all over the place today. <laughs> we are oh my gosh. It's that kind of day, you guys. It is. It's really that kind of day. We're doing our best. So, <laughs> so but yes. on the come up, it's coming. Yes, on the come up is coming. It's coming soon. Um, it looks like it'll be good. I have been, a, despite my, you know, sharing of shade, I have been a Sonali fan forever. Um, and I didn't know she was directing. So this should be, I feel like this will be great. It's got some rappers in it because I haven't read on the come up, but it is about a 16 year old rapper who is trying to do her thing in the battle rap scene it's got like little yachties in it method man is in it so seems like uh, and of course a whole bunch of other people so it seems fun seems exciting um so that should be good yeah Yeah. i'm excited Mm -hmm. um so yeah that'll be fun so speaking of other things that are coming out this fall and things that are coming up, our topic of today is <laughs> most anticipated fall books. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, because we are excited about books always. And also the fall season is <gasps> arguably the biggest <sighs> release season so for good. books, yeah, which so is, many. yeah. Which is on purpose. Yeah. yeah. The publishing industry always does, like, their biggest releases in the fall ahead of, like, the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So if it seems like there is a surplus of great books coming out, it's because there there is a surplus of great books coming out. So this has been really hard for us, but we've mm-hmm. narrowed it down <laughs> to our top picks. And we're just going to share them with you. And I think, like, oh, my gosh, it was so hard for me to narrow it down. But what I did was I narrowed it down to, like, the books that I'm absolutely going to read and or buy. Yes. So, yeah. But there's a lot of books. Same. 
But there are so many. And then I was also looking, I was looking at like the releases by like, you know, in order. And mm-hmm. I realized I was like, I haven't even looked that far into fall. I'm still stuck in like September because there's so oh, many or September or October. Yeah. So it's like, there are so many. We could do two yeah. of these types of shows. But anyway. Yeah. So, and like one of my gigs at Book Riot is I help Liberty Hardy curate the new release index. Yes. Which is a really cool service that is available to our Insiders program. So, if you ever want to check out Insiders, it's just insiders.bookriot.com. You can do like a free two week trial. But part of your insider's access is this new release index, and it's a curated index of, like, all the upcoming book releases from, um, like, in all age groups and all genres. So um, Liberty and I co-curate that, and it's really fun, and we try to work, like, three to four months in advance, and I've been, like, working on October, and I've just been like, oh, my God, too many books. I can't keep up. (laughs) Yeah. I have to say, I use insider's to write my own stuff. Like I do new releases and I'm getting many, many, if not most of my, um, the books that I mentioned in the new releases on um, Tuesday from insiders. So like if I, even if I didn't work for book, right, I would, I would want to have access to that. It's so good. It's so useful, especially like if you're a librarian and Mm -hmm. you're buying books and you just like want to make sure that you're not missing anything Mm because we put like a lot of the big releases, but we also put like debuts that we're excited about. Um, You know, it's not like everything because we are not robots, but we do try to like have a very balanced um, offering of books that are like diverse and cover a lot of genres. I like that y'all put the little fire emoji there. I'm like, yeah, that's hopeful. I'm like, okay. We, we actually don't do that. The fire oh. emoji is like our users. So if a book is really oh. popular among users, because so when you create your account, you can scroll through the index and you can like bookmark books that you want to keep track of. And so like the most popular books among users get the fire emoji. I never knew that. Y'all, I'm learning yeah. things today. <laughs> I never knew that. But it usually, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Now yeah, that you say it's it. fun. But yes. Okay. Cheers. What is the first book you want to talk about that you're excited about? Okay. The first one I want to talk about is, well, That Was Unexpected by Jesse Q. Satanto, which is a great title. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is Jessie's, um, it's not her um, YA debut, but it's like her first YA rom-com. So she is best known for um, her adult romantic mystery sort of suspense funny series, Dial A for Aunties. And there's a sequel. And she's also written um, two YA thrillers that are a little bit on the like the darker side. They're like dark academia. And they're not as well known. And I wish mm-hmm. that they were because they're really fantastic. But while that was unexpected is her first YA rom-com. And it is about a girl named Charlotte whose mom finds her in a compromising position. I don't know oh. what that means, but it sounds oh. intriguing. <laughs> and she decides to send her to Indonesia, which is where her mom's from. And just to kind of, like, get away from things, kind of, like, punishment, kind of, like, okay, reset. Mm -hmm. And while she's there, she meets a boy named George Clooney, because his dad's obsessed with American celebrities. (laughs) And George and Charlotte's parents kind of arrange for them 
to like to set them up basically um because they think like oh they're you know this would be a good romantic pairing like this is parent approved and so the teens find out and they're like are you kidding me and they're Mm. really you know not happy about it um so they kind of get involved in this like fake dating scheme to kind of make their parents happy but they're like um you can't tell us what to do but then of course they fall in love for each other and i have to say i think one of my favorite like I don't know if it's quite a trope, but I've noticed it in a few YA books. So it's like parents try to set teens up and teens are like, ugh, don't do it. But then they're like, well, actually, this was a pretty smart pairing. That is interesting. Yeah. Mm. Like, I'm not going to admit it to my parents. I still want to stick it to my parents. Um, So it's kind of a fun thing, fun thing to explore in YA. Um, So I'm really excited about this because um, Jesse lives in Indonesia and this is set in Indonesia. And if you've ever followed her Instagram stories, she does a lot of really great like TikTok videos and reels about like just exploring Indonesia. And it looks beautiful. And I'm excited to read a book set there because I don't think I've ever read a book set in Indonesia before. So yeah, it's gonna be great. It is Well, That Was Unexpected by Jesse Q. Sutanto. That sounds really good. I'm also really intrigued by Indonesia. Like I, I liked... Yeah, I need to read some more. I had a friend from back in the day from Indonesia. It's, it seems like a very pretty little place. I would love to read that. Yes. Um, my first book that I'd like to speak about is the sequel to one I mentioned in our like best of the year so far, which was um, the Celestial. Well, it's a duology. It's from the Celestial Kingdom duology by Su Lin Ten. And the first book was Daughter of the Moon Goddess. So the first book, she is literally the daughter of the moon goddess. We learned that the moon goddess has been imprisoned on the moon for offending the gods, basically offending the immortal emperor. So when Xing Yin learns this, she sets out to free her mother. Lots of adventure and romance ensues. She learns how to wield her power and all that good stuff. And she meets friends and stuff, and they come across these mythical monsters that they have to fight, and there's a demon realm. Oh, yes. <laughs> when we were talking about how all of my books that I mentioned that day were, like, demon-related or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered. So, um, yes. Yeah, so this is a continuation of that. So Shingen has achieved... Like, mostly what she wanted to achieve, but as with many things, it didn't come quite as neatly as she would have hoped. So now there is something else threatening her and her mother, and she has to flee the moon yet again, and she travels with her friends, her companions, to the immortal realm, and again, she encounters um, different, like, mythological creatures shrewd kings and queens, you know, revisits her friends, meets some enemies, you know. And what's interesting about this one is it seems like people's alliances uh, change because it's very much, you know, I've mentioned kings and queens and emperors. You know how court intrigue can be. People can be treacherous. They can stab you in the back. And when there's like war and the sake of the empire or a country involved, people can get very uh, strategic, let's say, and sometimes 
that does not involve considering everyone's feelings. Let's put it like that. So Shingen will have to get over some some grudges she holds against certain people and ask for help from people she does not expect. I have not read the book yet, which is why it's an anticipated book. But I have an idea of who that might be. Maybe someone from the demon realm. If you've read the book, then you know. This is like my theory on that. So there is this unspeakable horror that Cass is casted over the realm. And she has to fight against it before, of course, everything she holds dear is destroyed. That's always, those are always the stakes. So Shing Yin is getting back into it. And in the other one, there's a bit of a love triangle. So, uh uh-huh. And it was done pretty well. I will say I have experienced, well, it's just with anything else, some YA books that, like, the love triangle or the other, you know, possible love interest for the protagonist. It's like, okay, now, you know, you move in a little too. It's like, it's just not... It's not led up too well. It's not built up as well. Mm-hmm. But in the first book, Daughter of the Moon Goddess, it made a lot of sense. It felt natural and it was built up pretty well. So I'm going to see. I'm curious to see how that pans out. But yes, so I'm super excited. The cover is in the same style as the first one. It's just as pretty. It's like very intricately drawn kind of in a like a Chinese inspired style. Uh, the first one was mostly like blue. This one is like golden and orange a little bit. It's so pretty. I would like put it on my wall, both of them. So yes, that is, oh, I didn't say the name. I'm sorry. I said the, what the duology was called. The name of this book is Heart of the Sun Warrior by Sue Lin Tun. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. Ooh, yeah. I know. How many times do you have to tell me that the series is great before I finally pick it up? <laughs> <laughs> there are so many. Same with you. You've told me like certain books you've been. I'm like, wait, you said that before. And I said I was going to add it. I was going to read it soon. I've also said that before. So, yes. So many good things to read. Uh, my next pick I'm super excited about it is The Deaths by Nicole Lesperance. And Nicole Lesperance, her YA debut was um, The Wide Star. Light, which I think, did you read? I feel like that sounds familiar. It, it was about the girl who um, whistles to the northern lights and her mom disappeared when she was a oh, child. Oh, yes. The, the wintry. Yes. Yes. Sometimes I forget people's authors' names. I'm a beer. Oh, no. Totally understandable. Yeah. So I loved The Wide Starlight. It was mm. so great. Very mm-hmm. magical. Had a very evocative, like, sense of place. It's set in Norway for the most of the book. It, really great magic system. It was fantastic. So, yes. The Depths is Nicole's next YA book. And it looks like it's more on the, like, creepy, spooky side. But I am mm. here for it. So it's about a teenage girl named Addie, and her mom has just gotten remarried, and so she gets dragged along on her mom's honeymoon, which, um, awkward. And, (sighs) yeah, so they go to this, like, very remote, beautiful island, and it's got, you know, just, like, beautiful flowers and beaches, but... Addie's like, there's something weird going on this island. And she meets this, you know, strange boy on the beach who's like, oh, this island, it really likes you. And she's like, <laughs> sleepwalking and she's seeing weird things in the woods. 
And she slowly uncovers the fact that, like, a couple centuries ago, these two sisters disappeared on the island. And so it's kind of like a ghost story, but also like a we're not going to let you go type of story. And I I think that's so great because we've been seeing a lot of, like, ghost stories and, like, sort of horror and mm. haunting stories in YA fiction. And they tend to kind of have, like, the more traditional sort of gothic, cold, austere vibe. And I love that this is like that sort of story, but it's set on a tropical island, um, which I think that can be creepy in its own way. So I'm super excited to read this book. It is The Depths by Nicole Lesperance. I'm also now super excited after hearing that, Tirza. Let me just go ahead and add that to my thousand book TBR (laughs) real quick fast. That sounds really cool. And you're so right. Like, gothic stuff, it does tend to be very much, like, set in, like, an England type of setting, like an old manor or estate where it's, like, kind of, and there's usually kind of a chill factor, I feel. So the tropical element will be really interesting. That sounds really good. I'm getting more into the creepy things I'm finding as I get older. (laughs) That sounds really good. Yes, like, yes. Okay. Before we continue on, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Irena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated. So Negative Space by Jillian Linden follows a week in the life of an English teacher at a New York private school. At home, her children ask constant questions about mortality and her husband offers occasional counsel between Zoom calls. At school, something happens. She accidentally witnesses an ambiguous, possibly inappropriate interaction between a teacher and a student. But how can she be sure of what she saw? Negative Space is a portrait of a woman caught between the pressures of what's normal and what isn't, and examines what we owe the people who depend on us in a fractured and indifferent world. It's a debut novel and a short novel. It's perfect if you want something quick and easy to carry around, but it's also thought-provoking. It takes place during the pandemic, but it's not pandemic-focused, and it really just looks at everyday anxieties and low-threat situations that have high consequences. So make sure to check out Negative Space by Jillian Linden. And thanks again to W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated for sponsoring this episode. 
So my next one is Rust in the Root by Justina Ireland. I have not read anything by Justina Ireland yet. And that's not because it doesn't sound great. It's just because, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. A lot of her books sound really interesting. This one takes place in 1937. Laura Ann Langston lives in America. (laughs) So, you know, America in 1937. She's a young black girl slash teenager. So just imagine 1937. Um, But it's an alternate America where there are there's magic or mystical arts. And the divide, in addition to race and sex, of course, the divide has to do with who can practice the mystical arts and who cannot. Mm. Mm-hmm. As if we need another element to discriminate against the uh, discriminating element. But yes, of course, if people, some people are magical and others are not, you know, that's going to create some kind of hierarchy. So there was this terrible event called the Great Rust that kind of basically messed up a force called dynamism. Now, I don't know fully what that means, because like I said, I haven't read it and I haven't read her other books, but it basically upset the balance of things as they were. And America got thrown into a bit of a tizzy. So now they're trying to rebuild things. They're focusing on technology and things are becoming more industrial. And so they're kind of moving away from the mystical arts. So Laura thinks that's not how things should go. She is trying to get her mage's license and she wants to become, I guess, more than a root worker, which root working is like root work in hoodoo is like a black American um, spiritual practice, basically, that um, is mostly like concentrated in the South. So she goes to New York City, get her mage's license, basically to save magic. She applies for a job at the Bureau of, it's called Arcane's Conservation Corps. Because, you know, everything has to have a bureau at a certain point, I guess. And so she wants to basically save the mystical arts. She meets someone named Skylark, who is a powerful mage with a mysterious past. I'm reading that directly from the book. (laughs) I just wanted, I I was like, I can't not include that. I'm going to include that, um, that description. So Skylark takes her on as an apprentice. They go on a mission. And they are trying to figure out basically what has happened and save the mystical arts. And she finds out that black mages are getting killed for their power. Mm. And basically she's trying to get to the bottom of that, get to the bottom of this thing called a blight, which is another thing that threatens the mystical arts. And yeah, pretty much all that awesomeness I think it's really intriguing. One, I love reading about root work and hoodoo because I, I kind of grew up with that stuff as a kid. So I like, I mean, I like witchy things and I like reading about that because it's funny. I I would hear s- stories of that stuff and it wouldn't necessarily be referred to as hoodoo or root, root work, but I would, I learned later that's what it was. So I have a, you know, it has a special place in my heart. Um, I like that this takes place in 1937. I feel like I'm seeing more and more um, historical fiction and stuff that takes place at times that, and with like more diverse characters that I haven't seen in those times before. So that's really interesting. Um, so I'm excited about it. it. Again, it's called Rust in the Root 
by Justina Ireland. Yeah. Oh, Justina Ireland's great. I'm mm. very excited for that book as well. Mm-hmm. All right. My next pick is A Scatter of Light by Melinda Lowe. This one's out October 4th. And it is the loose companion to Last Night at the Telegraph Club, which um, if you've been listening to this podcast for a minute, you know I love that book. And that one won the National Book Award. It won a ton of awards last year. So this is a book that is set in, I think it's like 2013. It's like 2012, 2013. Um, So like, I refuse to believe that's historical fiction because that was only like 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I will sign your petition, Tirza. Thank you. Thank you. That's contemporary. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So this book is about a girl named Aria who lives on the East Coast. And she's just kind of looking forward to spending her last summer with all her friends before college. But a graduation party goes wrong and Arya's parents sent her to California to stay with her grandmother, who is an artist named Joan West. And Arya expects that this is going to be like the worst summer ever. Mm. But once she's there, she meets her grandmother's gardener, um, whose name is Steph. And soon she's, let's see, second guessing who she is, who she wants to be. Um, So I like the fact that this um, description hints at like family, but also like working class queer communities. Mm -hmm. And that is like, you're hitting all my buttons here with this book. Um, The cover is drop dead gorgeous. Like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. so beautiful. It also features lesbians with a truck which is like you know (laughs) totally a thing lesbians and trucks um so that you know just kind of made me smile um but what i'm really excited about too is that melinda lowe has promised us that in this book we get a glimpse at what happened to lily and kath in last night at the telegraph club and that's kind of why it's considered a companion so it's you know completely new time period completely different characters um, at the center but it is connected to last night at the telegraph club and i mean this is not i don't think this is a spoiler to say last night at the telegraph club ends on a really hopeful note so i am just so eager to see where Lily and Kath end up and and I'm and to read this book because it sounds amazing. So that is A Scatter of Light by Melinda Lowe. That does sound really good. I also love the cover. And yeah, that's cool when there's like, you can kind of see what the other characters did. That's always nice because sometimes yeah. you have like book hangovers and you're like, no, but I don't want to lose this world. I know. And like, I don't know. I I don't think it's a spoiler to say that last night ends on a, like, hopeful note. Um, no. I've had people yell at me for that, and I'm like, mm. If you think that's a spoiler, like, maybe examine some internalized homophobia if your assumption is that a book set in the 50s about queer girls has to be tragic. Um, yeah. But, I like, it, it is, you know, not to get into it too much, like, it's hopeful, but you, you just don't know where the, the girls end up. So I'm just right. super excited to kind of get a glimpse at that. It's funny. I assumed it was hopeful. I still haven't read it, and I need to read it again. Oh, it's so, many so books. good. I assumed it was hopeful. I mean, yes. geez. geez. It's a YA y'all. book, so it's got to be hopeful. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it was like, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of books that are focused on romance are usually, I mean, that's the whole thing with romance, right? But yeah. anyway. <sighs> People. Sheesh. <laughs> 
So um, the next one I have is Foul Lady Fortune by Chloe Gong. Now this is another duology, I believe. Oh, don't quote me. I believe it's a duology. I forgot. I'm sorry. But it is by the author of These Violent Delights and Our Violent Ends, which was These Violent Delights was a retelling of Romeo and Juliet set in Shanghai, I believe. And this one, like my last book I mentioned, (laughs) noticing a trend here, this takes place in 1931 Mm. in Shanghai. So I'm like right there. I'm like, okay. And then I see the cover and it kind of looks like this like very bougie, very luxurious perfume bottle. Mm. And it kind of has a retro vibe and it's kind of like pink and purple. And I'm like, yes, give it to me. Shang 1931 Shanghai. I'm already, right, it's called Foul Lady Fortune. I'm like already picturing whoever Foul Lady Fortune is. So Foul Lady Fortune. Four years ago, Rosalind Lang was brought back from basically almost dying. Um, but the experiment that brought her back also uh, made her an immortal. I guess mm. that's, yeah, so she she can't die, she barely sleeps, she doesn't age, and um, her wounds heal super quickly, so she is feeling like, you know, not super hot about what she did in the past, so she wants to make up for it, so naturally she becomes an assassin for her country, because that's how you naturally redeem yourself. <laughs> When you've made some mistakes, you assassinate people in the name of uh, China. So, if you're Chinese, obviously. So, codename Fortune. Her name is Fortune. So, here we enter Miss Lady Fortune herself. So, Japanese Imperial Army has begun invading. And there is a series of murders in Shanghai. And they suspect the Japanese are to blame. But she is, you know, tasked with getting to the bottom of what's actually happening. So she's a spy slash assassin, right? So she poses as the wife of another spy, Orion Hong. And she, they're kind of like, she. he gets on her nerves, little boy. A little, a little boy. <laughs> See, I was trying to say a little bit and I was thinking of F boy and then the two merged. So that's how we got to that. So sorry. Love it. She is annoyed by him a little bit because he comes across as an F boy. There we go. (laughs) And, um, but of course, she has to work with him because she is an assassin. So she has some secrets she's trying to get, keep hidden again. (laughs) She thinks that redeeming herself um, is, you know, becoming an assassin is a way to redeem herself. So, Sis is a little twisted, you know what I mean? <laughs> she got a, little, a couple of, not even skeletons, like a half a mortuary. Mortuary? Oh my gosh. Yeah, in her closet, all right? Her walk-in mortuary closet. So <laughs> um, he also has a couple things he's, you know, trying to keep hidden. So they both have to work together to see what in the world is going on in Shanghai. Are the Japanese to blame? Is it something else? And mm-hmm. yeah, there are layers to mystery. It's kind of science fiction-y because it's like, what experiment made her immortal and not age? I'm like, I'm over here using retinol. Sis, <laughs> drop, the, drop the skin routine, sis. Like, what is it? Do I have to drink something? What is it? Should I fight these wrinkles? So again, that is Foul Lady Fortune by Chloe Gong. It sounds fun. I'm excited. Yes, that does sound fun. Um, also, she's got half a mortuary in her closet is going to be the show title. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, that's what I was thinking for once, Tirza. You're so good at like naming things. And I'm just like, oh, is could I call it show number two? I'm terrible. But I thought when I said that, I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the one. <laughs> that's, that's it. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So my next pick is The Way of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson. I love Tiffany D. Jackson. Um, her books are fantastic. Yes. And they are usually really intense. So mm-hmm. just a heads up on that. Um, oh my gosh, I remember when Allegedly came out and I was just like, what is going to happen in this book? And, oh, I haven't read that one. Oh, it's so good. Um, but her um, release last fall, White Smoke, was one of my favorite books of the year. And it looks like she's continuing in the horror vein with The Way of Blood, which is serving up some Carrie vibes. Um, so it is about this small town in Georgia called Springvale. And um, this girl named Maddie, who is an outcast at her school, she's this target for bullying. Um, And then one day, a surprise rainstorm reveals her biggest secret, which is that Maddie is biracial. And she has been passing as white her entire life because she has this fanatical white father. And her fanatical white father's name was Thomas Washington, because of course it is. Um, so that happens. There's like this viral bullying video that reveals that the town is super racist, specifically the high school. So the student leaders are like, oh no, we don't want to seem like we're racist. So we're going to host an integrated prom and it's going to be great. And so the white class president convinces the black superstar quarterback to ask Maddie out to prom. And Maddie's like, oh, maybe my life is turning around. But of course, something terrible happens at prom and Maddie's got another secret. Um, So, yes, I am very intrigued by which direction this is going to take. And when you read the official summary, there are like a lot of elements. And I'm super curious to see how Tiffany Jackson just pulls them all together. I have complete faith. I've loved every single book of hers. I think I've read everyone, but let me hear a rhyme and I've loved them all. So I'm excited to see how this goes. It sounds really good. Yes. Also, the cover is so chilling. I was just about to say, the cover is like, it's chilling and it's also like really pretty. It is. How dare you make me have these conflicting feelings? (laughs) Yeah, it's like mostly black and then it has a girl on the cover and she's like dripping in blood. Mm. So, yeah. And it's kind of sparkly too, but also very creepy. Pretty and creepy. Stop it. Yes. (laughs) And and normally taglines on books don't really um, do anything for me. But this one has a tagline that reads, uneasy lies the head that wears the tiara. So Mm. it's going to be good. So I think that this is going to be like, I mean, I have an arc of it on my Kindle, but I kind of want to save it for October. That's so, I, I'm definitely a seasonal reader too. It's just so much fun reading like spooky stuff in October for some reason. Yes. As soon as October 1st hits, it's like, yes. It's like, give me all the spooky books. Yeah. I yes. usually come up with like, I go through my TBR stack and I find like the most like creepy mm-hmm. horror sort of scary stuff. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is what I'm going to read this month. Exactly. The Weight of Blood comes out September 6th. So you can read it sooner if you want. Um, but just know that it will be out. And ready for you for all of your, like, October vibes and creepy reading. 
Excellent. Excellent. I'm also looking forward to that. So the next one I have is If You Could See the Sun by Anne Liang. And basically, it's about a girl at this elite boarding school in Beijing. And she's like really self-conscious because she's the only kid there with a scholarship. And so like she's amidst all these other like super rich kids. So just imagine it's like a... She feels like she's invisible. So, I mean, she's there on a scholarship, of course, but she's not going to be able to dress in the, you know, latest clothes and stuff like that. And, you know, how elitist things can be. So she feels like she's invisible. And then she actually starts to turn invisible. I love that. (laughs) I know, right? It's like, huh, okay. If I could actually turn invisible, yes, yes, I would at times. But, yeah, so her parents tell her that... They're not going to be able to afford the tuition anymore, even with the scholarship. So she decides, she makes a few choices, let's say. (laughs) It's a choice. And some of them might involve choosing violence. Not literal violence, but you know. She basically decides to spread the scandalous, like, scandalous secrets about her classmates. Um on this like app or whatever. And she uses her invisibility powers. It was a tongue twister for me, sorry. (laughs) She uses her invisibility powers to spy on people and get their tea and then spill it on the app. And she starts to have to like kind of do certain things that she's not proud of. Well, as if spreading people's gossip wasn't already like not, you know, super desirable. She gets involved with some scandals, little scandals, and some actual crimes. And so at a certain point, she has to kind of basically decide if it's worth it for her to continue the way she's been going. Um, There is some romance in it, and that comes in the form of a classmate who's kind of like her, her rival, like academic rival. And she sees him as like, oh my god, this guy, like... We're rivals and this and that. But he's just like, he just sees her as Alice, basically. And so he's chill. He likes her. You know, he's like, all right, cool. And um, she starts to like him too. So there's that. But yeah, it's a little, I I haven't read this yet. So I'm not sure if I would classify it as dark academia, but I think, I would think so. Yeah. I I think it's given dark academia. It's giving. Yeah, it's like yeah. speculative dark academia. I I would count that. Thank you, Tears. See, with the with the titles, with the descriptions. <laughs> That's why you write books, all right? <laughs> it makes sense. So the cover here is really cool too. It's like illustrated. There's like a lot of motion in it. There's a an illustrated girl with her um, face of a girl with her eyes closed. It's like a lot of blues and pinks and white. It's really cool. Um, so yeah, again, that is If You Could See the Sun by Anne Liang. Yeah, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. That's also on my radar. Yes. So, okay, I'm just going to do a quick shout out bonus pick, um, because we have like maybe a couple minutes. Coven by Jennifer Dugan and Kit Seaton is a new graphic novel. Um, Jennifer Dugan's known for writing um, Melt With You and Hot Dog Girl and some girls do in Verona Comics. So this is her 
speculative graphic novel debut illustrated by Kit Seaton. And it is about a queer witch who must travel across the country when members of her coven are murdered and they have to uncover uh, the mystery. So I'm super excited <gasps> for that. I want to read that. Yes. 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 I'm excited. And I, yeah, I, I have like downloaded the, the PDF file, but it's like not in full color. And I think the final is going to be in full cover. So I'm waiting to get the finished copy because it looks gorgeous. Yeah. That's one thing with the advanced arc. Sometimes they're like, you're not giving me all that I want. Exactly. So that's my bonus pick. <laughs> yes. That sounds like an excellent one. Um, I wanted to mention that the prequel to They Both Die at the End by Adam mm. Silvera is coming out in October. Yes. And it's called The First to Die at the End. So that should be a big one. I think um, it was one of the most sold YA books of like 2021, if I recall correctly. Not surprised in the least. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, so that should do numbers just to put, put that on everyone's radar. Yeah, that should. Yeah, I've I've not. I think we've talked about this before. Where I've not read that one by Adam Silvera, but I see it like in Walmart and wherever I go, and I think it's been all over TikTok. So yes. I'm sure this prequel will be very popular. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. So I guess that is uh, what we are excited to read this fall. I'm sure you will hear us talking about these books more and more as we get into the fall and we actually make it through them. But we also would love to hear what you're excited to read this fall. So please keep in mind that you can always email us at heyya@bookriot.com. Um, and please do leave us feedback about the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us know how we're doing and it also helps others find us. Don't forget to visit bookriot.com for more newsletters, more podcasts, and all things bookish. And again, um, we mentioned the insiders at the top of the show for the new release index. That's at insiders.bookriot.com. Thank you to today's sponsors for helping make this show possible. And thanks, as always, to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. We love you, Jen Zink. Um, Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I hang out at at Tears of Price. And Erica, how about you? I'm on Twitter very occasionally at Erica, E-R-I-C-A underscore E-Z-E underscore. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with us. And we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Happy reading. Happy reading.